Hey, welcome back, you sack of listeners. <laughs> Wait, Santa's the what? one with the sack. Oh, that's Wait, huh? no, he he didn't show me that. No. <laughs> oh man, it's Santa's sack is hanging low. <laughs> oh my god. From house Where to house, he will go. And okay, when, yeah. When he's done <laughs> with his, <laughs> never mind. Is this a limerick? It could Is be. Okay. Look here, right. I got to explain to our audience. I am oh. uh, suffering from sleep deprivation, thanks to our lovely, fucking sorry landlord and his dog, yeah. who he let out at midnight to uh-huh. take a shh or whatever. And he just barks. He lets him out of the house and the damn dog just barks. I was really close to committing puppy homicide. (laughs) I mean, Jesus. What do they they call that? Like canicide? Canicide. I'm thinking of Donnie and Marie Osmond for some reason. And they call it puppy love. I think that was just Donnie. Uh, but yeah, yes. Yeah, Donnie. Mine every time you think of Donnie. Donnie. Um, yeah, you should have shoved a big peppermint cane up the canine. <laughs> <laughs> Merry Christmas, you son of a bitch. Then, then at least you'd have peppermint poop. <laughs> Oh, oh man! Season to be jolly. <laughs> That's right. Yes. Oh, all right. Yeah, I don't understand that when people let their dogs out and they bark the whole time, and then they let them in. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I like, don't. Anyway, I love my neighbors, and I'm going to show them how much I love them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. To the to the episode. Uh, we're festive today, even though Dave is lacking sleep. Sorry about that. Uh, numero, numero uh, <laughs> uh, we're, we're festive because this is the last episode before Chrissy Mass, which is coming up on Wednesday here. So, uh, but <clears throat> title of this episode, Poor No More. And we're not, we're not saying poor no more as in P-O-U-R. Because that would generally turn to pour more, please. Right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I've had one picture, uh, no and that's, yeah. that's not enough. Pour some more. Pour some more, please. This is P-O-O-R, speaking of the church. And it's uh, for those of you who have paid attention to church news at all, or news about the church in general, there was a Washington Post article that we're going to talk <clears> about, about the churchy-worchy being a little... Uh, Richer than people thought. Uh, Anyway, uh, first of all, Dave, let's talk about, well, that leads right into it, doesn't it? LDS Church in the news. Yes, I like that sleep (laughs) deprived. Deprived. Yeah. I hope that that excuse will work at work. Work at work. Okay, whatever. I, I was deprived. Yeah. Yes, I'm sorry. sorry. Uh, hell, I can't even talk today. The sleep-deprived base that you projected is what I was mm-hmm. trying to say. That was kind of nice. 
So, all right. Uh, Washington Post this time, guys, not, not the Salt Lake Tribune, although I'm sure they'll have an article on this. Mormon Church has misled members on, hold on to your seats, 100 billion tax-exempt investment fund, whistleblower alleges. Mm. Long title, I know, but uh, holy shiznit, right? This is not the first time that the topic of church finances have come has come up. This is something that's been uh, talked about for a long time, and <clears throat> off and on the church has been questioned, etc. They are a church, after all, and we have this separation of church and state, and they're a charitable organization, and they don't have to report their finances, and they don't even talk about their finances to their donors, the members, which is ironic based on something Gordon Hinckley said back in the day. Um and hopefully I'll remember to bring that up. Um, anyway, uh, there was a time in church history. We'll get into that later. So the point of the article is these two brothers, which are twins, which is kind of <laughs> eerie. <laughs> no, no offense if you're a twin. It's just it's weird just that these guys are. Twin brother. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, good excuse. So. Um, the the situation is this guy named and I have to find his name David A Nelson not to be confused with Nelson like Rusty Nell um he is a 41-year-old Mormon who worked until September as a senior portfolio manager at the church's investment division a company named Ensign Peak Advisors that is based near the church's headquarters and his brother, so so when he exited, he put together this information. And his brother Lars, talk about a, a Viking name, Lars Nielsen. Sounds like Lars a heavy Ulrich metal of Metallica. <laughs> yeah. Right, right. Enter Sandman. <laughs> um anyway. <laughs> uh he created a video on this leaked information about Ensign Peak, which is fantastic. And we're going to send you the link because it's over an hour long by itself. Well worth watching if you're interested in the details at all of what's going on with this issue. To make a long story short, um, the Ensign Peak Advisors is one of many financial institutions that the church has, by the way. Keep that in mind when we talk about the dollar amounts here. And the whole idea behind this institution is it's a what the church calls a reserve of <laughs> reserves. So the the church, once it takes in tithing and it has tithing reserves, it dumps those reserves into Ensign Peak Advisors. Those funds are invested and they grow. And then the establishment of Ensign Peak is a 501. Uh, charitable institution. I don't know what letter comes after that in their case, C or D or whatever the hell the difference is. Um, they are to use those funds if they want to avoid taxes mm -hmm. to the government. They, they're supposed to use those funds for church or charitable or educational purposes. So you have to earmark it for one of those things. And then, okay, you guys are doing this, you know, under your church. 
Uh, Ensign Peak does report up to or is a part of the Corporation of the President of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, the longest ass company name in history. Um, so it's a direct subsidiary or whatever you want to call it of the Corporation of the President. In other words, the church out legally, lawfully owns this So it this will come home to roost if this is pursued legally, yeah. Yes, yes. Um, so here's the issue. The, the whistleblowing is that they didn't spend their money, i.e. surplus tithing, on educational, charitable, or even church-related things. Hmm. Imagine that. Uh, so the accusation is for the last 22 years, they haven't done that. So this is a big deal. This is a longish article, so I'm not going to read the whole thing. Uh, I'll just read little tidbits for your information here. The church typically collects about, hold on to your shenanigans, <laughs> whatever the... F- Rocky Mountain you oysters. Hold on to. Church typically... The church typically collects about seven billion dollars each year in contribution from its members. Seven billion a year, and that's on average. That's what percentage are full tithe payers? Maybe fifty percent. I don't know. I don't know. That might be high. Yeah, I don't know. Thirty percent. Who knows what the full tithe payers are? Um. Mormons are asked to contribute 10% of their income to the church, a practice known as tithing. That's one of the issues, folks. It never used to be 10% of your income. We've talked about that in the past. It used to be 3%, actually, and it used to be of your what the, what the church called interest, which was defined as after you spend everything you need to survive in a year, whatever's left over is your increase or your interest, on that amount, which is left over, you pay your 3%, which later turned to 10%. And so that what does that mean? The poor widow of the ward, bless her little soul, would never pay tithing because she's spending all her money to survive, which sounds pretty fair, That's, uh, if, actually. Think about it, though. You're talk, kind of talking about communism. <laughs> yeah. You kind of are. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> so... Uh, okay, here we go. Uh, about six billion of that income is used to cover annual operating costs. The remaining billion or so is transferred to Ensign, which plows some into an investment portfolio to generate returns, according to the complaint. Based on internal accounting documents from February 2018, the complaint estimates the portfolio has grown in value from 12 billion in 1997 when Ensign was formed. To about a hundred billion today. Well, they pray before they decide where to invest the money. <laughs> well, so this is all this is all guided by revelation. Of course, and, and of they would course. never put any money in a, a you know a place where it's going to lose value. Of, of course, course, it's going to. No, come on. Of course not. This is, this yeah. is a living church. Yes, of course. The one and <laughs> only true living. Let's not forget that part of the title, Living, living church, church, with Living Prophets that look like they're dead, but they're not. <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on. Resty Nell is a sexy little 95-year-old. Oh. oh. 
So even though God tells them where to invest, they're only fourth place, Dave. At least. Damn. And they're working on it. Yeah. Yeah. So in the article, it shows Bridgewater Associates, the largest hedge fund in the world, 160 billion Microsoft cash and short term investment, which is the largest corporate cash reserves, 136.6 billion. Bill Gates net worth, 111.5 billion. Ah, and then come, you're kidding comes me. The church. What, his kids are going to go without presence this year. Then is that what you're saying? I know, I know. It's hard. It's hard. He was trying to push that to 112, but he couldn't. So that's it. Damn no it. Christmas. Sorry, kids. Yeah. yeah, I know. 100 billion for the church, and then it drops off a cliff, almost half down to the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. So Bill Gates again. $46.8 billion. They're the largest philanthropic fund. Mm. Philanthropic. 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 Philanthrop- T-R-O- there, there's an H in there, isn't there? Well, there's supposed to be, I thought, but it's T-R-O-P-I-C. Well, Sleep deprived. That's what it is. Yeah. And then I didn't know this. Harvard University Endowment, the largest university endowment, $40.9 billion. Damn. I didn't know that. Anyway, uh, so church is about in the middle there of the top six. It also owns real estate worth billions of dollars, uh, which focuses on surplus tithing money. This, uh, church may have additional holdings not managed by Ensign. Well, it certainly does. It has a, a trust company, right. a desert trust right. company. Desert trust. About yeah. uh, which is probably in the neighborhood of $100 billion as well, which writes a check every year on its growth to the church. Uh, I'm a, I have some audio clips actually I'll share on that one. Um, so let's face it, you add all the shit together and the church is the biggest, okay? It's well over right. Bridgewater Associates. 200, at yeah. least 200, maybe two, maybe 300 yeah. billion. While accumulating the wealth, Ensign has not directly funded any religious, educational, or charitable activities in 22 years. Wow. Um, 22 years. Philip- Wow. 22 years. And, and that's Hackney. as far as we know. I mean. Yeah. Well, right. Yeah. I mean, that's as far as this guy could find. That's when it, well, that's when it was formed. 22 oh, years ago. Oh, okay. Okay. So it hasn't okay. done that since it was fucking formed. Philip uh, <laughs> Hackman, a former IRS official, says it's a legitimate concern about whether or not the church's investment arm deserved its tax exempt status. Mm. Another thing in the great guys is at least twice it made significant, Ensign Peak made significant uh, donations to Beneficial Life. They bailed them out when that company was was dying, which the church owned, uh, life insurance Hmm. and other financial stuff. And they also used Ensign Peak funds as a huge donation to City City Creek Creek Mall. Mall. Yeah, neither of those educational, church, or charitable donations. Uh, so this was a big issue. And what does it mean? Well, the tax exempt st- exempt status for that for Ensign Peak could be questioned. Mm. It it gives money and returns directly to the church, which could be questioned. This is a big deal. You, um, you know, so, I I can yeah. see. Uh, God, I don't know if this would ever happen. Where all religions lose their tax exempt status. Uh, yeah, but this would be the type of thing that would start that ball rolling. Uh, and and there's been debate about it since the formation of the, the nation 
actually, since they yeah. were first granted that status. There's been debate uh, uh, for obvious reasons. Uh, so many churches just raking the bucks. And you got, like you said, grandma over there eating cat food to survive. And the pre- the preacher, pastor, whatever, rolls out in a fucking Rolls Royce after the sermon yeah. is over. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, that makes yeah. sense. Whatever. Yeah. It's, it's at some point. Up. I, I need to bring up something from the scriptures on this. I don't know if yeah, this is, so, yeah. This. Well, I think it'll fit in. Um, so let's let's go to the uh, the other segment. Okay, let's um, get that for, out of the way, and then we'll roll roll the rest of this out because there's a <laughs> well font that I want to read from the first presidency on this. Okay. on this article, there's uh, it's very short. There's uh, some clips I want to play from a guy who used to work for Desert uh, Deseret Trust Company, which are interesting. And we're going to talk about some history and other stuff. So, yeah, let's get to it. So, without further ado, even though that makes me sound like John DeLynn, uh, <laughs> for your information. All right. David. So, a lot of these uh, entries here, again, this is from... D. Michael Quinn, Mormon Hierarchy, Book Two. Um, There's a lot about the finances of the church, and this is what's interesting to me. They were broke upside down most of the time, including in Kirtland with that fiasco uh, where a, a whole bunch of people left the church. Joseph Smith said, yeah, invest in our bank, and they lost their ass. Well, Sorry, see ya. Uh, Holy crap, <laughs> you know. And now it's completely reversed. Uh, of course, they don't tell you how uh, financially uh, successful they've been since they are a corporation. And their number one interest is in growth financially. That's what a corporation does. That's what it is. Yeah. And that's what yeah. we live in. We live in a corporatocracy. Yeah, we do. That's they run the fucking planet. Yeah. And if you're not, if that's a new idea to you, I don't want to be mean, <laughs> but get get an education. Wake up. Because that's what's going on, folks. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Sorry about that. No, okay. No, all right. 1877. Let's go back a couple weeks. Uh, oh. Oh, the first day of the year, January 1. Apostle Wilford Woodruff gives... First reading of dedicatory Porky Pig stepped on my tongue again. <laughs> first reading of dedicatory prayer for Utah's first temple at St. George. Okay. All right. I live a quarter mile from the oh. temple. Sorry, oh. sorry oh. to say, but that's maybe maybe that's you could see it every day. I'm on I'm on sacred ground. <laughs> He, oh, he prays that Brigham Young will live to see the United States broken in pieces like a potter's vessel oh. and swept from off the face of the earth because this nation shed the blood of the prophets and saints which cry unto God day and night for vengeance. 
Well, wow. So, so there's your blood atonement shit coming up again. Against in the dedicatory prayer of the temple against the fucking country. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and they wonder why they're having issues with the government. <laughs> uh, well, let's okay. See that prophecy wasn't fulfilled, right? That prayer, at least, wasn't answered. Sorry, it was no, 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 no Potter's vessel. That's Old Testament language, by the yeah. way. Pretty old, yes. Pretty harsh. Okay. Three days later, Joseph Smith's last-born child, David, is committed to Illinois Hospital for the Insane. <laughs> Oh, poor I'm kid. sorry. I shouldn't laugh at that because I'm well, pretty whacked out myself. But and my name's David. So well, think about know. the psychological impact of being a kid, Joseph's kid, right? And uh, you know all the shit that's gone on with your dad and he, yeah, freaking fraud and you know anyway, yeah. Well, I could bring up a personal note on that, but that doesn't seem appropriate. <laughs> no. Okay, three days later, yeah. uh, again, Joseph Smith, he's, so David, his name is David Hiram Smith, Okay, committed to the Hospital for the Insane, proclaimed by Brigham Young in 1866 as rightful heir, and we read that. Yeah. As rightful heir of the LDS presidency, he has served as counselor in the RLDS presidency since 1873, and he dies in the insane asylum in 1904. Wow. Hmm. So that's his rightful heir. <laughs> that's, yeah. yeah, here you go. Okay. An ignominious Let's, ending for Joseph. Yes, ignominious. Yeah. Uh, as it started, so it ended. Mm. January 15th, Brigham Young begins dictating from memory, from memory, <laughs> first written version of the endowment ceremony. Um, this is this is interesting right here, this part. He adds the Protestant minister as a new character in the endowment drama, which does not have set dialogue at this time huh. so uh brigham and joseph differed on a lot of things uh, oh yeah actually yeah. and so brigham was extremely biased extremely prejudiced uh what a fucking asshole i i just don't know what else to call this guy <laughs> you know he was really yeah, a he Catholic. He, he the the minister in the film has a Catholic collar on. Uh, I remember okay. that. I do. Yeah, yeah. not anymore. Okay, the minister's been gone for a while, but yeah, since nineteen ninety, or yeah, was that part of? Yes, yeah, that was part probably. of the change in nineteen ninety. Yeah. Okay, April first at the meeting in St. George. Yay, my hometown. Uh, Brigham Young verbally attacks second-ranked apostle. John Taylor for indifference to communication of the United Orders, whatever the hell that is. Hmm. So he verbally attacks. Can you see that happening today where Rusty <laughs> Nell gets up and says, hey, Dallin, fuck off, man. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm tired of your shit. <laughs> I'd pay money to see that. <laughs> Okay, May, 
May 25th, Brigham Young preaches the 70s are apostles. Oh, okay. And they stand next in authority to the 12. Oh, well, I didn't know. What I am familiar with is that the 70s, uh, as general authorities, are a quorum unto themselves. But for many, many years, there were 70s at the ward level, at the stake level, I, I remember guess, that. actually. Yeah. yeah. That. Our own father was a 70. He was a 70 for a while. Yeah. For a while. And then they just made that go away. Mm-hmm. I love that. The waving of the... The wand, you know, where the shit disappears. <laughs> Come on. God August 19th. Insane. I got to keep going here. Gotta uh, keep going. A couple more. August 19th, Apostle Wilford Woodruff tells Sunday school meeting that he heard Joseph Smith. Joseph Smith. What happens when you don't sleep at night? people you, you reference i got my tongue stuck in my eye tooth and i couldn't see what i was saying <laughs> oh for all the star wars okay. geeks out there joseph was was the sith master and <laughs> was his apprentice or whatever my young apprentice <laughs> you're not going to underestimate the power of the dark side <laughs> that wasn't bad for the emperor. Yeah, that's pretty good. Okay. Anyway. All right. What did he say? This is what Smith said. If the people knew what was behind the veil, they would try by every means to commit suicide that they might get there. But the Lord in his wisdom has implanted the fear of death in every person that they might not cling to life and thus accomplish that they might cling to life. God damn. That they thus accomplish the designs of the creator. Wow. That's a really good mind fuck right there. Oh yeah. I wonder yeah. how long he, he sat and thought about cooking that one up. So the commit reason suicide commit suicide is because God planted in them a, a desire to clean life. Right. Huh. Otherwise we'd all off ourselves. The moment <laughs> we heard about, even the celestial kingdom, we'd say, oh, fuck this. I'm gone, man. See you guys. Well, here, here's a knife. Let's just do this together. Yeah, we're in Jonestown again. Oh, <laughs> lovely. Okay, this is important. August 29th, Brigham Young dies. Hallelujah. Oh, fucking Hallelujah. Yes, yes. <laughs> The saints rejoice. No, wait, no, I read that wrong. (laughs) uh, This is exactly 25 years after he authorized public announcement of polygamy. His last words are, Joseph, Joseph, Joseph. (laughs) And that that was, we were taught that from a young age. Yeah, no, his last. I don't remember that. Yes. Now, now I'm going to end, but I want, to tie this into something. There it is. Okay, so the date of Brigham Young's death, August 29th mm-hmm. of 1877. Okay. okay. It's now 1880, three years later, October 10th. So over three years later, mm-hmm. the General Conference sustains John Taylor as church president. It took three years. 
Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then I, there's some stuff in between those three years that we'll bring up next week in our session there. But, uh, yeah, I, I found that interesting. Where's the revelation, boys? How come God cut the phone cord? You guys aren't paying your phone bill. Shit, that's it. You're not paying the phone bill. And, it, we, you know, our hands are tied up here in heaven. When you do shit like that, we can't. <laughs> the celestial railway yeah um lesson <clears throat> there was some politicking going on internally uh that's that's my guess uh, absolutely a yes. three-year delay yeah god just was punishing them for three years testing their faith that's what yeah. he was doing that's yeah. it because this yeah. life is a test that's all it is yeah it's just a, a harsh test it's a happy mm. thought. <laughs> Makes me really warm and fuzzy. And... Oh, uh, wait. You might want to change, change your pants. I... <laughs> no, I thought the burning was supposed to be in your bosom, not in your no, buttocks. No, 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 no. I got a burning in my buttocks. Is that a revelation? <laughs> uh, probably a more accurate one than some of the others. Uh, I um, agree. Yes, because you can tell what's coming when <laughs> there's a burning <laughs> in your product. Yeah, almost 100% of the time. Uh, <laughs> wish you could invest in that, man. So, uh, so here's some. So, John DeLynn, our beloved guy who probably never listens to this show, but if you do, John, love you, uh, kind of. Um, <laughs> hey, that's conditional love, man. What the hell? Yeah. I know. I, I fully embraced conditional love. <laughs> so in one of John's uh, beloved 15-part interviews, I'm exaggerating a little bit. Uh, maybe it's maybe it's a five-parter. Roger Hendricks. It, no, but hang on. Is he the son of Roger Daltrey and Jimi Hendrix? Uh, I'll never say. That's okay. something you have to look right. up on your own. No, yes. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> Roger Daltrey and Jimmy Hendricks. Anyway, so who's Roger Hendricks? Roger Hendricks was a CES director. He was a bishop, a stake presidency member, a mission president. And then he served, this is the salient point here, he served for 18 years as a trustee on the board of the Deseret Trust Company. Mm. He was called to that position by Gordon B. Hinckley. Um, so he learned a lot about the trust side of the church's finances, which is managed by desert trust. Okay. Um, so I have some snippets here that I wanted to share because this is, you know, related a little bit to kind of exposing the church's situation. So to the, to the sake of our title, poor, no more, as David, uh, suggested, the church was poor a lot and, um, was upside down a lot during its history. And mm -hmm. Lorenzo Snow was the guy president when he was president of the church that went around and started reinvigorating this idea of tithing, which very few people were paying and said, Hey, if we're going to save ourselves financially, I have to have a, a sudden revelation <laughs> that yeah. tithing to be paid. Uh, and so he had this sudden revelation, ironically, and started 
basically touring the church saying, pay your tithing or you'll burn. So let's talk about Desert Trust Company for a second. So here's here's how trustees are appointed, which I thought was interesting. It's, it's, there are no shareholders. The board of directors runs it. The board of trustees are appointed by the first presidency. And so mm. the uh, has control of the company by virtue of who they put on the board. And they can remove board members if they want to? They they have a strict policy where it's undefined <laughs> term limits. That allows a guy like myself to be on it for 18 years. But when someone wow. gets tapped to leave, it's the church that's making that decision. Yeah. It, yeah. Okay. Oh, there Sounds you go. like being a general authority. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, little, little interesting there. Uh, did you know that 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 happened? Um, let's jump. Let's do a little bit. Do they do they own other companies? Do they pay taxes? Is the question that comes up here. Um, let's see. Uh, Love that. So uh, they don't own any companies. Somebody, <laughs> if if their international companies owned, who owns the international companies? Is it the tr- trust? But you're saying. The trust company doesn't own companies. Is that right? They own property. The Desert Trust Company owns property? Yeah. You, people donate property. Okay. And, and so you have to get an assessment and appraisal of that property. But Desert Trust Company does not buy companies. We buy, as an investment arm, we buy stock in S&P 500 companies. If somebody donates mm. stock? To the Desert Trust Company, you, you you will cash it in, and then it'll become a part of the portfolio of Desert Trust Company in these companies that they invest in. Does the trust company pay taxes? No, it's a it's a not for profit. So it's tax exempt. Yeah. <laughs> not for profit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it, yeah. So Desert Trust doesn't pay taxes either. Uh, just like uh, the Ensign peak advisors let's jump to um this this piece here this goes back to your point on you know pray <laughs> pray in the in the, this is this is pretty funny this piece here uh where he talks about the combination of uh you know well you'll hear uh then you come in with with high education high specialization and you do your thing and that's what they want and you can you 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 can do a lot of good stuff because you're smart and you're capable <laughs> but what the church also asks Sorry, you here's, here's the part. is uh also ask for the spirit to be with you <gasps> so each person is different on that aren't they and uh, some people need the spirit more aren't than they others. some people need the spirit more than others <laughs> <laughs> Which is his way of saying some of these guys aren't that smart. So they Oh my God. Actually, if you see this series with Roger Hendricks, I became kind of impressed with the guy. He's really he is smart. He's but but he's trying at this point to kind of uh, Yeah paint paint a good picture. Well, and some so, people yeah. are not that good in an interview. Yeah. I should give right. him some uh, slack on that. Yeah. yeah, so here's here's an interesting prophetic question that Mr. John Dillon asked him, which I thought was pretty funny based on the Washington Post article. From a disgruntled employee or from... He's talking here about, like, what are the chances of a leak? 
ever ah, happening ah. Of a leaky you know hole in the process or some <laughs> hacker or do you think the church is pretty locked down and that's unlikely yeah i don't i don't think you can say we're locked down because you have bright guys uh trying to to uncover that stuff and i've visited where mm. our information is now kept and uh, and i'm not saying it won't happen, but I'm saying that we're we're in the ball game. Our information systems, our ability to find leaks, is as good at least as the United States Army. <laughs> Jesus Christ! And a lot of people don't realize the Pentagon themselves have been hacked multiple times. Right. Um, so you can look up on YouTube. There's actually been documentaries done on it. Looking. With well, the Pentagon hack. Um, when he said that, I got a vision in my head of Iron Mountain. Oh yeah, and yeah. Some of these other yeah. locations, and then they base movies on this, where somebody is able to hack it. Well, you know, like War Games. Remember the movie War Games? I do remember that. Yeah, back yeah. in the day. Um, here's yeah. the here's the thing with that. It's like who who said it? Was it Genghis Khan or somebody around that time <laughs> period? You know, how Good strong is the Wall of China? It's as strong as the weakest guard at the gate, meaning yeah. bribe a guard and you get in. And that's kind of what happened with this Washington Post. You had a former employee who has all this information. He didn't have to hack information on the computer mm-hmm. system. No. He just brought documents out and knowledge and said, here's what's happening. Right. Wow. So it's yeah. not, you know, your weakest person is your weakest link. Are wealthy people giving large gifts of money to the Desert Trust Company? Let's find out very wealthy people sometimes who are not members of the church and sometimes who are uh, less involved in the church uh, who who make uh, great gifts to the church it's called and, a tax write-off yeah you know I saw that happen three times in the 18 years where the gifts were very big and in mm. um, and in the three cases three three cases, the guys were either not Mormons and their wives were Mormons, but not real active Mormons. And so the guy gets up to be um, 70 years old and he has this pile of money. What do we do with it? And the wife said, well, you know, uh, give it to the church, start investing <laughs> in the church. And then yeah. read in one of your BYU letters, Desert Trust Company, and then you get a hold of those people, and then they they make a gift. And uh, uh, I, I, I've seen three gifts that are big that way. And so, and the others are generous, but you know, I'm talking really big gifts. Now, uh, yeah. Notice yeah. he won't he won't use a number. He says no. big, 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 really, really big, but yeah. he won't. He won't throw out a number and no. he's been trained not to mention numbers. That's ever. Right. Of course he has. Yeah. yeah. Of course yeah. he has. And so Here's these the, people yeah. are trying to buy themselves a seat in heaven. Even if they're not involved here on the earth, they, they don't want to burn at the last day. And that little fucking thing is pecking away at their brain that they might be screwed when they die because they <laughs> yeah. weren't. Right. No, come on, right. man. Yeah, That's exactly what's going it. on. Yeah. Yeah. They're buying a seat. That's exactly it. They're buying a seat on the space shuttle 
to the Celestial Kingdom. <laughs> <laughs> well, here, here's the last audio bit that I wanted to play. What does so this Desert Trust Company is it just giving funds that are you know that grow? It's a trust company, it, it, it invests. Is it just giving funds to the investors? You know, if I put money in it and it grows, you give me my you know my growth, or mm-hmm. does, does the church get any of this money? These guys are good at what they do, so they invest it and it, it builds and it builds, and then the church receives a really nice paycheck from Deseret Trust Company. Uh, in the form oh, of, really uh, nice. <laughs> and, uh, the form of a charitable donation. The church uses that for whatever they want to use it for. And uh, so... Um, so money goes out of the trust company where? Where does the money go when it leaves the trust company? Just into the coffers of the general t- fund, the general church fund? Yeah, a check would be written and be given to the church. And then it would use that to what? Operate BYU, to build temples, to build chapels, to fund the missionary program, correlation. It's just funding operations of the church. Yeah. And it's given as a donation. Yeah. From a 501c3. Right. Well, there you go. Well, it's that simple. Nothing yeah. Nothing going on here. Mm-mm. No, Not they're all good. All. We're good. Yeah. yeah let's yeah, just yeah. let's just walk away from this. These guys are good boys. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Look, look, here's the point. Uh, I think if I wanted to make any you know last points or whatever in this episode, um number one, the church demands and uh, t- that you pay tithing. They threaten you if you don't if you're not going to pay tithing, you're insulted. You're not as quite a, a faithful member of the church. They haven't needed tithing to operate with all of their expenses and then some for decades. They have hundreds of billions of dollars that they're sitting on. They no longer need tithing from the members, period. Yeah. End of story. And they're still raping the members, threatening them for their salvation, etc. The, the widows might. Uh, wow. So, look, check this out. Here's a 41-second clip from Nelson. This is this yeah, is Rusty play Nell. Yeah, yeah, Rusty Nell back in April 2011 conference, and our good friend uh, Jonathan Streeter, thinker of thoughts, put this up. And he makes really five great points that Rusty Nell is saying in this in this forty one seconds, five points in forty one seconds, and and we'll we'll go through those points. Check this out. To develop enduring faith and enduring commitment to be a full tithe payer is essential. Initially, it takes faith to tithe. Then the tithe payer develops more faith to the point that tithing becomes a precious privilege. Tithing is an ancient law from God. He made a promise to his children that he would open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing that there shall not be room enough to receive it. Not only that, tithing will keep your name enrolled among the people of God and protect you in the day of vengeance and burning. Oh, wow. So here's five points that he makes. Faith can only be fully developed if you pay a full tithing. That's one point. Number two, 
If you're faithful, you will see tithing as a privilege, implying that those who consider it a challenge or a burden are inherently less faithful. (laughs) Number three, tithing is an ancient law from God, which belies the reality that modern Mormon prophets have defined and prescribed tithing in their own manner over the years. Oh, yeah, we talked about that. It's changed constantly, but it's an ancient law. All right. Number four, the payment of tithes is mandatory if you want to be considered among the people of God. And let's not forget the last point. Payment of tithing will protect you from being burnt in the day of vengeance, a physical threat of death revealing the coercive nature of the Mormon implementation of tithing. Holy shit, dude. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh... we don't have enough money. You need to pay your fucking tithing or you're going to be burned, bitch. So... Susie and and Sam didn't eat last night, but you assured them all is well because daddy paid tithing and God will take care of us. So just shut the fuck up. Go to bed with your empty stomachs. Yeah. Come on, man. We referenced in our tithing episode, I think we referenced um, that Latino guy. Yes. Uh, I don't remember his name, the authority that There's was so giving that story. <laughs> yeah. Bob story about his de- listening to his dad debate with his mom, whether they should buy food or pay tithing. And they chose to, to pay tithing. Yeah. And that stuff just makes me sick to my fucking stomach, man. And, and look, here's the thing. <clears throat> Gordon Hinckley in his interview, and I should have grabbed this audio clip before our show today. He had an he had several interviews. One of the only prophets, I think, before or since, that's been that public as far as like big public talk show type interviews, like Larry King, Larry King Live. You know these big t- And one of the questions he was asked, I don't remember whether it was on Larry King, was about tithing and. And, and the finances of the church and why doesn't the church publish its finances? And he says, you know, we believe that that's only, uh, that's not everybody's business. We're a private institution, et cetera. And it's only the business of the donors who donate. Well, you lying son of a bitch, because I never saw the church's finances as a donor. Did you, I didn't know where my tithing went. There's there's brief mentions of it in some conference talks. I do recall Hinkley getting up and saying, "Look," and I guess he'd been badgered so many times about this subject yeah. that he he finally was going to disclose what's really going on, and he gave maybe one tenth of the information, and it was all the positive stuff. Yeah, obviously. Yeah. I mean, come yeah. on, cherry picking. Yeah. So, it, yeah. yeah. Now I'm I'm going to yeah. do something right now because we're we're at fifty minutes. Yeah, And this will surprise you. Some of you may want to take a seat. Davey is going to read scripture. Uh-oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and something happened yesterday. I have this old quad. And when I told the story about finding it in my truck. And yeah. that tells you how long it's been in my truck. Because I have not cracked the LDS scriptures in 12 years at least. Mm-hmm. Uh, but... I looked up the subject of the poor uh, preparing for our podcast today, and I came across 2 Nephi 28, very well-known, oft-quoted section of the Book of Mormon. I want to read through this real quick. Uh, As I turned the pages, by the way, I noticed 
that they're very thin, yet very resilient. And I thought about the lies that the church tells. Very uh, thin, uh, very yet thin. resilient. Resilient. Okay. Nice, okay. Nice. So Second yeah. Nephi 28, verse 7, And there shall be many which shall say, Eat, drink, and be merry, for tomorrow will be in Utah. I, I mean, for tomorrow we die, <laughs> and it shall be well with us. And there shall be many which shall say, Eat, drink, be merry, nevertheless fear God. He will justify in committing a little sin, yea, lie a little. Take the advantage of one because of his words. Dig a pit for thy neighbor, and guess who I thought of? Good old Joe. <laughs> Joseph Smith. <laughs> All this shit started with him digging a pit for Willard Chase, which yeah. was a well. It was a well. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not... It's not much of a stretch. Dig a pit no. for a neighbor. And lie a little. Lie, lie a little. Just a little. There's no yeah. harm in this. Do all these things for tomorrow we die. And if it if it so be that we're guilty, God will beat us with a few stripes, and we shall be saved in the kingdom of God. And there shall be many which shall teach after this manner false, mm. vain, and foolish doctrines, and shall be puffed up in their hearts, and shall seek deep to hide their counsels from the Lord Ah. and their work shall be in the dark. And listen to this, which I quoted from the prayer that Wilfred Woodruff gave at the St. George temple dedication Mm -hmm. and the blood of the saints shall cry from the ground against them. There it is. Hmm. Yay. Isn't that funny? There's so many verses in the book of Mormon that actually contradict the behavior of the only church that believes it. Right. They've all it's gone out of their way. Yeah. They've become corrupted. That sounds like Isaiah, which this is quoted yeah. a lot from Isaiah. Because of the pride and because of false teachers and false doctrine, their churches have become corrupted and their churches are lifted up $100 billion worth because of pride yeah. and they're puffed up. And here it is, verse 13, they rob the poor because of their fine sanctuaries hello city creek oh wow yeah that's pretty fucking pretty profound yeah their own goddamn scripture you know what else i found in one of the in chapter 13 of second nephi there's some this is one of the areas that that basically quotes isaiah word for word um even the incorrect stuff (laughs) Yeah, even the incorrect stuff. Oops. Second Nephi 13, the Lord will, or yeah, verse 14, 15, Lord will enter into judgment with the ancient of his people and the princes thereof. For ye have eaten up the vineyard and the spoil of the poor in your houses. What mean ye? Ye beat my people to pieces and grind the faces of the poor, saith the Lord God of hosts. Is that? So, so I mean, look, I. Wow. I, I Unlike what Hinckley said, I, supposedly he thought the donors, the tithe payers, got to see where the money goes. That's never been the case. And I would never have dreamed that my surplus tithing that wasn't being spent immediately was going into this investment fund and that that fund had grown to over $100 billion. And that's just one of the financial arms of the church. One of many. And so why are you still fucking asking for tithing, you thieving bastards? 
Yeah. It's especially from these poor and and we've heard statistics, right, Dave? I mean, yeah. there's some areas of the world where the saints I, I want to say like South America is a big one where tithing is is like almost a hundred percent. Like everybody is dedicated, and that's some of the poorest people in the whole church. Yeah, they make a lot of these places their average income's like two dollars a day. And this is poor, poor people, and you're saying, we need your tithing. God needs your money. It's control. Oh. We know we know what's going on here. It's a cult mechanism of control. When you give money into something, you are invested, and you will stay with it. This is yeah. the core of our podcast on the cost, which is that's interesting right. because that's a monetary term. The cost of leaving is too high. I've been paying into this goddamn thing for however many years, thousands of dollars, tens yeah. of thousands of dollars. I can't leave. Yeah. Yeah, that's wow. right. Wow. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. You hit it on the head. It doesn't matter if they don't need the money anymore. It's <laughs> not a money anymore. It's a control mechanism. That's yeah. exactly right. In fact, that's mentioned in the Washington Post article. Yes, when I one saw of the, that. I, I read yeah, that part, yeah, yeah. It's like, why would they keep asking for tithing? Because they know that's one of the few controls they have over the members. I'm going to scare you that you're going to be burned if you don't give your tithing, and <laughs> and I'm going to get your fucking skin in the game here. I mean, you know, it's so yeah. it's so ridiculous. It's like the boogeyman in the closet type thing. Mm. It's like. Yeah. Really? Look, here's the church published a response to the uh, to this article. <laughs> okay, check this out. We'll end on this because this is just this is just typical sappy bullshit double talk. Okay, we take seriously the responsibility to care for the tithes and donations received from members. The vast majority majority of these funds are used immediately to meet the needs of the growing church including more meeting houses, temples, education, humanitarian work, and missionary efforts throughout the world. Over many years, a portion, <laughs> a portion is methodically safeguarded. Look at the use of these words. Yeah. Is methodically safeguarded through wise financial management and the building of a prudent reserve for prudent the future. Reserve. That was going to be the title of our podcast. Yes. A prudent reserve. reserve was another title we were thinking of. This is a sound doctrinal and financial principle taught by the Savior in the parable of the talents and lived by the church and its members, except when the church was, you know, younger and really needed to have good finances and was fucking upside down and bankrupt because it wasn't really God's church back then, right? <laughs> <laughs> fucking liar. All church funds exist for no other reason than to support the church's divinely appointed mission, including bailing out beneficial life and building City Creek Mall. <laughs> you know, Fuck these guys asshole. deserve a, an award. Uh, oh, they the do. Best, the, the, the most clever apologetics ever conceived, <laughs> contrived, yeah. or spewed out ever oh, by yeah. any organization. Oh, yeah. it, it's yeah. fucking unbelievable. It they, is. It is. I think they go to college or whatever they do, and they're so yeah. fine tuned. They learn and, from the master. Yeah. yeah they learn yeah. from the prior prophet. How Shit to rolls it. downhill, right? 
Yes, it does. Here's the last few sentences of their thing. Claims being currently circulated are based on a narrow perspective and limited information. Well, I would say the limited information part is probably true because you don't give any fucking information for your finances. And one of the biggest reasons you don't is you're probably scared that you'll lose all the rest of your fucking members. Once they find out. <laughs> the Lies with all applicable law. Here's the here's the joke as well. Governing our donations, investments, taxes, and reserves. Uh-oh. Except for Ensign Peak donations. Uh-oh. We continue to welcome the opportunity to work with officials to address questions they may have. Oh, there'll be questions. <laughs> Yes. There will be questions, you lying motherfuckers. All right. Well, there we go. Uh, that's the church's official response. So. so let's not end on a note like that. My <laughs> God, we're supposed to be spreading Christmas cheer. Oh, that's right, Davey. That's right. Uh, Santa Claus is on his way. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to uh, put together, you know, the, the actual... Uh, uh, factual, oh, geez, actual and factual history of uh, Christmas, the Christmas holiday, oh. December 25th. Oh. I, I think if you can just look it up online, it's a pagan holiday, yeah. that date. Yeah. It was adopted by the church. Uh, there's a lot more on it. E- even yeah. the, the tree itself hanging, it used to be candles, which... <laughs> Doesn't sound very smart putting candles <laughs> on a goddamn pine tree. No. Okay. <laughs> and the ornaments and the holly and and the, all of it, the mistletoe, they all go back to pagan traditions. Yes, uh, they do. As far as what they have to do with a little baby in Bethlehem, <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> Uh, well, let's just say that religious uh, politicking to to appeal to your membership did not start with the Mormon Church. No, hell no. Yeah. yeah. So the Catholic Church was pretty good at it. Yeah. Um, all right, boys and well, girls. Well, happy Hanukkah. Merry Christmas. Uh, happy pagan holiday. Watch your puppy peppermint <laughs> poop. Yes. Uh, right. What Dave said. Happy holidays, folks. And uh, you we'll know, get- dancer and prancer. Oh, no, and no, no, no. Donder and Blitz and <laughs> Comet and Cupid. Oh, my God. <laughs> You're doing this? <laughs> no. no, I will spare her. Oh, <laughs> the most famous anus famous, of all. Famous, <laughs> famous anus. That's a different Christmas story. <laughs> I don't want that Christmas story. You know, Rudy. Oh, my <laughs> God. No, 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 no. Okay, no. it's going way right. downhill. I think it the is. sleigh is ready to crash. Yeah, yes, that's what's going on. Yeah, Jump Sorry, off. guys. Sorry. sorry. Never go without sleep, okay? Just a little yes. bit of advice. <laughs> Just, yes. yes. All right. And on that note, love you guys. Catch you later. Bye, boys.